Yom Kippur is called the Day of Atonement, a day of cleansing of the mistakes and errors we've made during the year and which constitute a barrier between ourselves and our souls, ourselves and God. In the prayers of Yom Kippur, we find a description of the temple service which the high priest enacted on this day. If we look at this service in an external way only, it doesn't mean much to our modern consciousness. But when we learn its inner meaning in the Zohar, we understand that what God told Aaron, the high priest, to do in the sanctuary is as relevant to us now as it was then, and maybe, with all the temptations of the modern world, even more so. In the scripture, God tells Aaron to offer special sacrifices of atonement for himself and his household. But the sacrifice he's told to make for the atonement of the children of Israel is unlike any other sacrifice made during the year. This is what the Torah says, Leviticus chapter 16. And he shall take two he-goats and place them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. And Aaron shall place lots upon the two he-goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for Azazel. And Aaron shall bring the he-goat upon which the lot for the Lord came up and designate it as a sin offering. And the he-goat upon which the lot for Azazel came up shall be placed whilst still alive before the Lord to initiate atonement upon it and to send it away to Azazel to the desert. In the Zohar, Rabbi Abba, one of the foremost students of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, asks the following questions. 1. Why is Aaron told to choose the goats by lot? 2. Why is it Aaron who's told to draw the lots? And 3. What is this whole work all about? And what is its connection with Yom Kippur? To answer his questions, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the master of the Zohar, gives an illustration from the scripture which is equivalent energetically to the issue of these two he-goats. In the story of Joseph and his brothers, when Joseph was already the second in command to Pharaoh and there was famine in the land, the brothers had to go down to Egypt to buy food. They came before Joseph, who of course recognised them immediately, but he pretended they were spies and told them they had to bring down their younger brother Benjamin to see him to prove the veracity of their story. In the meantime, he took Shimon and bound him before their eyes and kept him as surety until they returned. The Zohar asks, what did Joseph see in Shimon more than in all the brothers? It answers, Joseph saw that in every place Shimon opens the judgment. In other words, more than the other brothers, the root of Shimon's soul was concerned with strict justice, what nowadays we might call strict karma. The Zohar tells us that when the brothers plotted to kill Joseph, it was in fact Shimon who first made that suggestion. Furthermore, when Dina their sister was kidnapped by the men of Shechem, it was Shimon and Levi who destroyed the town. The Zohar questions, why did Shimon join up with Levi in the destruction of Shechem? After all, Reuven was just as close to him as Levi was. 
but it transpires that Levy had a very similar energetic route as Shimon, albeit not quite as pronounced. If they both joined up, it would destroy the world. The Zohar continues, what did God do? He took Levi for his own portion and Shimon was bound. And indeed, God took Levi for his own portion refers to the fact that it was the tribe of Levi who were required to serve in the temple. Regarding the sacrifices of the two he-goats, one was set aside for God and one was sent to Azazel to wander in the wilderness. And here again the Zohar tells us that if they were both together, the world would not be able to endure. Rabbi Hudelev Ashlag, known as the Bala Sulam, after his commentary on the Zohar, known as the Sulam, explains this piece of Zohar. The energy of Shimon and Levi and the energy of these two he-goats is the same. There are two types of limitations, which are the root of all the judgments and of the sins in the world. These are, one, that we may not use the light that God gives us for our own selves alone, and two, instead of using our wills to receive for ourselves alone, we need to use our will to give unconditionally, thus attracting to us the light of Hasadim, the light of loving kindness. When we use the energy for giving instead of for receiving, we nullify the will to receive for ourselves alone. If, God forbid, we were to take this energy of giving and add that to the energy of receiving, a person would not be able to come to his fruition. Thus, any light we receive from God, whether in the physical realm or in the spiritual realm, has to be let go of and given back, preferring giving to receiving. It became fashionable in the time of the New Age, with its emphasis on personal growth, to consider our own growth and our own wills to receive for ourselves, even in spirituality, as being a good thing. But this is the opposite of the truth. Any light that we gain in spirituality needs to be gained through the giving unconditionally to each other or to God. Any light that we do receive, called the illumination of the light of Chochmah or the Haorat of Chochmah, is in fact only given to us in order to enhance the choice we make of giving in the inner meaning of the scripture, Ki that God loves loving kindness. Rabbi Ashlag teaches us that on Rosh Hashanah, the great light of Chochmah came into the world. This caused the possibility of accusation against us, as we are liable to use this great light for our wills to receive for ourselves alone, and this would cause us to be separate from the Holy Blessed One. By blowing the shofar, this great light is lessened. But there still exists a place of lack wherein the wills to receive are not satisfied. These are Rabbi Ashlag's exact words. On Rosh Hashanah, the Zohar says we come to confuse the Satan. On Yom Kippur, we come to give the accuser pleasure so that he turns from being accuser to defender. Explanation On the day of Rosh Hashanah, the world returns to its condition on the fourth day of creation, which is when the great light of the Chochmah was manifest. Then the Sitra Achwa, literally the other side, which represents the will to receive ourselves alone, woke up to cause judgment on the world. 
The tikkun for this, that is the rectification for this, is the blowing of the shofar, which lessens this great light and removes it from the worlds. And we are left with a much lesser light called the illumination of the light of Chochmah or the Ha'arad de Chochmah. Now the accuser is confused. For his hold was on the great light of the order Chochmah, which has now vanished with the blowing of the shofar. However, since this light has left, it has left a place of lack within the worlds, and the other side, that is our wills to receive, goes up and takes hold in a place of lack, and causes the created beings to sin. And therefore, there is enacted a second Tikkun on Yom Kippur, when this lesser light of the Harad de Chochmah is drawn down, and on this light is done a further Tikkun, so that the will to receive oneself alone won't grab it directly. When this light appears, there is also made manifest the suffering and punishment that will accompany its use. And you should know that the source of this Tikkun that is done on Yom Kippur is through the sacrifice of the he-goat for Azazel. For Yom Kippur, the Harad de Chochmah is revealed through the Sefirah of Bina, which is enclosed by the Sefirah of Malchut. And then Aaron places lots on the he-goats. One he-goat is for God and represents the giving to God through our mitzvot. And the other he-goat has the inner meaning of the judgments and suffering which are consequent on our using the light of the Harad de Chochmah directly. This is the goat for Azazel. This goat is sent to the wilderness and thus is made manifest the consequences that are drawn to all those who follow it. It is sent to a place of wasteland and destruction and dies. The accuser as a metaphor for the thoughts and desires which occur to us and which cause us to attract to ourselves the wills to receive ourselves alone, both in physicality and in spirituality. But these lead us to a desolate area of consciousness where there are no spiritual fruits to be had and which leads ultimately only to suffering. On the day of Yom Kippur, these thought patterns can get no hold as we spend the day focused in prayer, fasting and refraining from bodily pleasure. Indeed, since the destruction of the temple, when prayers have taken the place of the sacrifices, through our prayers, our confession, that is the vidoy, and the penitential prayers, the slichot, we do the equivalent work of the sacrifices. Each of us within ourselves can determine to let go as much as possible of our connection to the goat for Azazel and concentrate on our giving to God. Now we can understand why it was Aaron, whose root is that of chesed, of loving-kindness, is the one who needs to draw the lots for the goats. He contributes his attribute of loving-kindness, which helps ensure that one he-goat is sacrificed for God. This symbolises our ability to serve God through the mitzvot, just as the Levites served God in the temple. Rabbi Baruch Shalom Halevi Ashlag used to learn this piece of Zohar on the early morning of Yom Kippur. He explained as follows. A person comes to a crossroads and needs to clarify which way should he go. If he takes the path of receiving for himself alone, then that is the path of the he-goat which is sent to Azazel. 
Or should he go in the way of giving unconditionally? That is the way of the he-goat which is for God. But he cannot decide and is unable to clarify which way by using his rationale. This is because his logical mind is subjugated to his will to receive for himself alone and he is unable to operate his rational mind in a way that is completely free because it is bribed by his will to receive for himself alone. Therefore, he needs to use an element which is outside his rational mind and that is faith. He needs to go outside the paradigm of the rational mind. And that is the inner meaning of the lots that Aaron cast. We can see in our study of the Zohar and the commentary that the Baal Salam taught that everything written here is actually taking place within ourselves. All of this service takes place within us. The two possibilities are set before us. With which he goat are we going to identify? Both are within us. We need to find the Aaron within ourselves. And by choosing the path of faith, which is above that of rationale, we can learn not to get caught by the desires of our wills to receive. We can learn not to be caught by the accuser. The accuser comes in the guise of the he-goat for Azazel as thoughts which wander into our mind. But we need to allow them to wander on into the desert, not feeding them or relating to them, but instead concentrating our energies on our service to God, not only on Yom Kippur, but throughout the year. May we all be blessed, all of Israel, together for a happy new year, one we start off cleansed from our mistakes and errors and ready to start off our connection with God, renewed and refreshed. May all of us be blessed for a good sealing in the Book of Life. This audio recording is brought to you from Nahora's School, established by Yadida Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Yehudalev Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Nahora School online. Details at www.nahoraschool.com or www.nahorapress.com.